Hey y'all, I'm Brooke Hoover, a Louisiana native, actor, writer, and comedian. I've lost 100 pounds through diet and exercise, or shall I say, lifestyle changes. My 20 year and counting health journey has taught me that just like taking a diet pill for weight loss, body positivity doesn't magically happen overnight. I'm working on regaining my self-esteem and rekindling my love affair with Cajun and Southern comfort food in a healthier way, all the while juggling eating as clean as I can, reestablishing myself in the entertainment industry, which, as we know, is historically fat-phobic, all the while showing my inner fat girl some love. That's fat with a PH. Pretty hot and tempting. Let me tell y'all a tale or two. What's up, everyone? We are here. We are here. I am here with the Who's Dat Fat Girl podcast. Um, It has been a while. It's been over a month, maybe a month and a half. And, um, you know, I'm working on not apologizing. I always say we shouldn't over apologize. We shouldn't really apologize except to our microphone when we hit it. But I am sorry because I did commit to myself and to y'all, to my my uh, active listeners, that I would do, you know, one podcast a week. And that's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot. Like, if that's just your job, like some people, it's like that's their job or that's the way they promote their business. With me right now, it's it's a side thing an offshoot of my solo show, uh, an amalgamation of things that I'm turning different ways. And it's hard to manage, you know, life and work and no work because the writer's strike is happening right now. And SAG, um, our union has just passed a, uh, is passing a strike authorization. So we all know what that might mean. So that's stressful. And then to top it all off, as we know, my dad has had some, a lot of health issues and I was down in Louisiana helping take care of him. And it's not just health issues. It's a lot of life issues and stuff to sort out. So I think it's okay that the podcast was on the back burner. I think everybody can understand and will understand. Um, that's our demographic. So I had planned last year in May, because I know May is mental health month. I was like, oh, next year, May 2023, every week I'm going to do, you know, a different interview or theme with somebody based on mental health. And uh, that didn't happen this year. And it didn't happen because, because of mental health. Um, It's been super stressful. Uh, I have some, I'm, I'm not the type who likes to talk a lot about, um, things that are in the works until they've already happened. I think that's because of um, like protection, fear. Um, I don't always like to hear people's uh, opinions or have people's like stuff come at me. Um, So I have some stuff in the works, some other stuff I've been working on. Um, One thing I will share that has been very positive was I was part of the Montclair Story Slam. I will be sharing that on the website so you could go listen to that. Um, But otherwise, a lot of things in the works, a lot of things with deadlines, a lot of things with submissions, be it uh, my own creative projects or work. And again, to top it all off, dealing with my dad. Um, 
I've developed rosacea, which um, I don't haven't really eaten anything differently, but my doctors think it's from stress. So on that note, let's talk about mental health, right? So I think, you know, people might say, well, Brooke, what's your experience? I always joke, I'm not a doctor and I don't play one on TV yet, but to protect many of my loved ones, I will not say who these people are because not because we are ashamed of it, but because I have not cleared it with them. So for their privacy, um, I will say there are a lot of people in my family who suffer from mental health and I get emotional about it because um, down south and I think everywhere, like every culture, every cultural group kind of has their thing. But down south, they always say, well, we don't hide crazy. We just put it on the porch and parade it. And uh, yeah, that is kind of true. Like, well, I guess like in south Louisiana, we don't hide crazy. We just put it on a float and bring it to Mardi Gras. And uh, I think... That kind of has manifested um, in my family as um, the quote unquote crazier ones are the class clowns. We're expected to be the funny ones because oftentimes people who are suffering from mental health mask it or hide it or handle it in different ways. And I think um, comedy is a much healthier way. It's it's a much healthier outlet than alcohol, but uh is it necessarily the right way to mask and hide your feelings? No, not necessarily. I should also say that usually I have an outline for the podcast. Uh, today I don't. <laughs> and I always joke, oh, I'm ADD. But I do say that in all fairness. Um, adult ADD is a thing, ADHD. I'm not making fun of any sort of mental health in any shape or form. All I'm doing is making fun of myself and what I call Lena Dunna, Lena Dunhaming it. My, one of my best friends and I, we, we joke, we, it's just a code word. It, it doesn't mean anything except for when we get like a little too self-indulgent or extra. And I'm not saying Lena Dunham's self-indulgent or extra. In fact, I don't really follow her enough to know that. Um, I think she, she created girls, gills, as I would say, that's all that I know. Um, but I do think that mental health, we have so much longer to go. We are not there yet. We are on the road there yet. But especially seeing what some of my family members have been through, um, some it's like there's just a big disconnect. Um, there's a lot of people who won't even admit that there's a mental issue or impact, be it with their families or be it with themselves or be it with their loved ones. Um, there's, it's very hard to talk about this without um, getting more personal. So I'm going to do the best I can. General practitioners, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, I might offend people, but I always say don't apologize except to your microphone or pop filter, which is right here. General practitioners don't know shit when it comes to mental health, right? And uh, trying to then talk to a mental, uh, trying to then find a mental health care provider who's worth their weight in gold, 
oftentimes from what I've heard and experienced is you're going to have to pay out of pocket. There's a, to really get the right specialized individualized treatment. I can speak for myself when I say this, that, you know, those um, therapy things that we see all over the place, like, oh, go do this online therapy, go do this online therapy. It's great. It's accessible. Yes. Uh, since the pandemic, online therapy has become quicker, easier, more accessible. Has it become better? No, 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 no. So I have uh, speed dated or beyond speed dated three online therapists. In fact, the first one was perhaps favorite is the bad word to use here. Uh, the first online therapist I had for nearly a year um, and they were perhaps the one that I clicked with the best. Um, did they give me the tools that I asked for in order to cope with my anxiety and uh, depression? Not really. I I'm the type, I want a toolbox. I want to have it figured out. I can talk, as we know, because I have a podcast. I can talk till the cows come home. I already know what works and doesn't work for me. And people might say, well, Brooke, that's exactly why you need to be in therapy. And yes, my friends, it just might be. And I'm open However, being an actor, knowing different techniques and stuff already, I know what works and doesn't work. And I basically wanted to fast track therapy. <laughs> and you can't always fast track therapy, but I think you can cut a lot of the bullshit. So for the first uh, almost year I was on, um, I had had my SAG after a health insurance and I had had the COBRA. And then when that went away, just for a plethora of reasons, uh, lack of work, um, everything, I was on Medicaid. And honestly, it was incredibly difficult finding a, a therapist, especially an online therapist who would take Medicaid. But once I found that person, again, I was with this person for a whole year. And um, I may have stayed with this person, but then I qualified for my union's health insurance. Yay, yay, what, what? But then I couldn't go to the same therapist because they didn't take my union's health insurance. So trying to find um, someone who is in New Jersey, where I live, not New York, even though I wanted a New York City-based therapist, because I said they might kind of, th this is me getting a little stereotypical here, but a New York City-based therapist might understand kind of like the freelance lifestyle more than, say, somebody in the suburbs of Jersey whose clientele might be different than me. Who knows? Um I couldn't go to any of the people that were linking up with my health insurance because they were based in New York, not New Jersey. You can't cross like state lines like that. So the people that there's a platform with my um, beacon, beacon health, and uh, the two therapists there have not been so great. Uh, I, it's like you're paying a $25 copay. And yes, um, doctors do say, you know, you need to test around, you need to see who works for you, right? But I think it's it can be awfully expensive. The co-pays add up, $25, you know, for if you try somebody out for a month and you don't like them, I would say that's $100 wasted. It's not necessarily $100 wasted, but it's kind of like $100 spent on movie theater popcorn, instead of like popcorn from Whole Foods, you know? So I do think that better therapy, uh, finding a better therapist and the vetting process needs to be a lot better. I was also talking with my general practitioner about this and 
she completely agrees um, that it's like, especially during the pandemic, people sought out therapy and I applaud people and myself included seeking out, you know, um, the, the mental health side of things. Because I know on this here podcast, we talk a lot about the physical health. We don't always necessarily talk about the mental health. We talk about the emotional health, I think, through my little tales. But everybody was seeking out a therapist and it's just like, it just became inundated. Um, you know, we're talking about artificial intelligence uh, taking over the jobs of writers and potentially actors. And it's almost like I feel like some of these therapists, Rosie the Robot from the Jetsons could be a better therapist than some of these therapists. And if people want to give me backlash and hate for me saying what's simply my opinion, go for it. But it's it's based on my experience. And here's the deal. I don't like wasting my time. I don't like signing into a platform waiting for a therapist and then the therapist saying that I didn't attend my appointment and then me spending an hour on the phone with the platform and my insurance to make sure I'm not going to be charged the $25 copay and then being ghosted by the therapist. Oh, that may have happened the way I just said that with so much fuel. So finding a therapist can oftentimes make your mental health worse. And by your mental health, I mean mine. So the process of finding a therapist has been more stressful almost than the stress I'm dealing with. And here's another thing. Stress can create, you know, anxiety, depression. There are mental illnesses that exist already without a circumstance. I once told someone, oh God, you know, um, this is about 10 years ago when I first thought I was maybe experiencing depression. I talked with a good friend. I was like, I think, I think I feel depressed. You know, I think something's not quite right. And I, I was trying to reach out, like reach out, you know, reach out and touch someone, Re- reach out when you're, something's not feeling right. And the, the person said to me, oh girl, with all the stuff I'm going through, I should be depressed. And I was like, whoa, you just t- totally turned around and made it about you. Um, and you could be depressed or anxious without anything. And that's like the thing with anxiety. It creeps and it's creeping. It's lurking. It's like, hey, what's up? I'm the nails on the chalkboard. Everything's going fine. There's no horrible circumstances. Everything's status quo. But let me be here to, to F shit up. Yeah, I won't say the F word, but I'll say the the S word. I won't say F, but I'll say shit. Y'all know what I'm saying. Hopefully we do. So uh, for mental health month, I think it's important to stop masking. I don't, don't mean COVID masking. Perhaps that is what could be causing some of my rosacea is my continued overuse of masks. But I don't know if that's such a thing. But no, masking your feelings from others I get it. I get it. I do it. Oftentimes that's an armor. It's a protection. It's what people expect of you sometimes, but you cannot mask things from yourself. And that's what I'm asking us to do this month of May. Don't everybody feel like you have to go out and find a therapist because as we know, even though I do believe in therapy to an extent, I believe in finding the right therapist. Um, I don't believe in just talking just to talk. I believe in finding a toolbox. And oftentimes, Pinterest and YouTube videos have helped me a lot more 
than uh, a couple months of therapy with certain therapists. Uh, my dogs, Annie and Archer. Well, Archer is sleeping, but Annie keeps walking back in. Dogs, cats, animal videos, uh, very healing. Um, again, I'm not a therapist, not a psychiatrist, but I just know from personal experience and seeing others go through this having um having a purpose having something to do um sometimes sitting and doing nothing um sitting in nature having some sort of ritual 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 or routine um I exercise a lot I just rejoined a gym because my herniated disc has kind of flared up um again it's getting better and um, I'm like, oh, the pool, the pool will be great. And actually the pool and this random step climber have really <laughs> helped my herniated disc. But um, exercise is very, very important. Um, and finding the right doctor for you. Um, finding if you need to be on medication, the right medication for you. Listening to your body when you take a medication and it doesn't work. And I will leave everyone with this. If a doctor prescribes you a medication, a mental health medication, and it doesn't work, and they keep saying, just keep taking it, just keep taking it, just it's, that's part of the side effects, that they'll go away, just keep taking it, it'll work. Your body, your mind, your intuition are pretty powerful. You don't need to listen to a doctor just because they are a doctor. And um, there are, are tools out there. Um, I'm still in the midst of finding the right ones and finding the right ones, helping my loved ones find the right ones for them. And um, I'd like to say I'll see you next week or I'll see you or I'll hear you or I'll talk my out my butt off to y'all next week. But I do have some other deadlines for some creative stuff. So I don't know when I'll be back, but I will be back with this here podcast soon. Take care of yourselves. Let's take care of our mental health. Um, I say we're going to um, leave this with an ohm. Um, my friend, one of my great friends, Amy, is a yoga teacher. I highly applaud and condone her yoga classes. Also, yoga is great for mental health. I would say let's leave this with an ohm, um, but that feels a little, um, feels a little weird. And that's exactly why we're going to do it. Let's do an ohm. I'm going to kind of back off from the microphone. Y'all ready? Ohm. Remember, y'all, part of being fat, pretty hot, and tempting is taking care of yourself all up in here, mentally. One thing I do want to suggest, this is where the ADD comes in. This is, a, this is probably why I should have had it outlined. One thing from the therapist who ended up ghosting me, a good takeaway from this therapist was to um, take fish oil, vitamin D. Oh, well, snot's coming out my nose. Uh, fish oil, vitamin D, flax seeds. So that has also helped. Remember about 60% of your brain is fat. 
So eat those healthy fats. Um, keeping in mind that eating a couple tablespoons of coconut oil might not be the best fat um, for the uh, the, satur the, sa the type of saturated fat that coconut oil is. So fish oil, salmon, uh, avocado, avocado oil, olive oil, nuts, especially walnuts. Uh, what's her name from Orange is the New Black? Pensatucky. Taryn Manning had had a cauliflower. She's like, this is good for your brain. This is brain hell because it looks like a brain. So go for it. I think walnuts look like a brain, so they're good for your brain health. And let's leave it with Pensatucky's advice. You know, screw a therapist's advice. Pensatucky, Taryn Manning, I love her. Cauliflower looks like a brain. It's This is good. This is good for your brain. So go out and eat some cauliflower. Do an ohm. Go out in some sort of nature, even if you have to just touch a leaf and take a deep breath. I'll be back with more things to entertain us at some point. Peace, love, and fatness, and mental health. Thanks so much for listening, y'all. It is my hope to inspire, uplift, and entertain you with this Who's Dat Fat Girl podcast. So if you're hungry for more, you can book me to speak or perform my solo show that inspired this podcast, Fat Girl Costumes, written by yours truly and directed by Brian Lady at your virtual or in-person event please visit brookhoover.com slash fluffybuttproductions or email me at contactbrookhoover at gmail.com for more info. And let's follow each other on Instagram. I'm at brookhoover. And the O's in my name are not the letter O. They're zeros. Not because I want to be a size zero, but because I guess I'm just so clever with my late 90s Yahoo self. And if you like this podcast, which I really hope you do, please give me a five-star rating and write a review on Apple Podcasts. And most importantly, share this with your friends, family, and other people you may know who are as fat as we are. That's fat with a PH.